when she was. And, and with that, we, we're we've been recording the whole time. No way. No, I'm kidding. I wouldn't do that to you twice. Yeah. Well, <laughs> but we are recording know. in series. Okay. Right so welcome, <clears throat> hello, hey. to a crash intro into Stoked. the Stoke Podcast. Yes, I'm Nick here in in studio with Mr. Mick. 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 And we're right here, and Mr. Todd. <laughs> That's right. Yeah, all of us. The Super Squad. Yes. What'd you call it? Dream team. The eight, yeah, the dream team. Yeah, there we go. <laughs> super squad. That's my team. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> We're all super spreaders. <laughs> so I've been. I, I'm. I'm just walking in. I haven't seen Brian since golf. Yeah. Which you guys heard the story. So are you mad that I told that story? No. What? No, I'm not mad at all. All right. Was it? Uh, it was, was it an your, accurate uh, yeah, story? Yeah. Tell me. Um, I, I say it was accurate from what I heard. I didn't listen to the full podcast, but I did catch the beginning, the first few minutes where you talked about it. That's all it was. Okay. So, um, uh, the thing that, uh, there was, there wasn't a whole lot of detail at the beginning of what happened, which was that, um, we were on the 14th hole and, um, I think it might even been the 13th hole where the, uh, gentleman now the the gal who's on the uh, drink cart oh yeah who's driving around yeah so she comes up to us and says hey she apologizes for the groups ahead and that there's a delay and that's because of this group ahead and they're you know they they had it talking with them and uh so we're like yeah no big deal you know we're not rushed so some point the group behind us we ask them yeah you're welcome to join us you know because we're all stalled out at this point and we're on the 14th hole and it's a big dog leg right and um we're just sitting out there waiting um there's a picture of it cal <laughs> cal decides he's gonna hit up to the sand trap right before um the green and which is an impressive feat should he actually make this shot like yes. it was a you know, for him, that was a 175 yard <laughs> shot. Yeah. The fact that he was as accurate as he was, was. So he hits up there. We're all back. And uh, so I yell up to Cal. It's like, hey, uh, tell those guys to hurry up. Right. And um, apparently um, Nick hits up, then I hit up. And I, as I get up there, <clears throat> I drop off Nick off the cart. Right. Of course, I hit further up than Nick. And hang on <laughs> okay i'll keep following maybe so follow along so so then uh i i uh, get uh closer up to the hole how i don't know if i was golf cart. i can't remember exactly that's what did that's, you have the car is that I you're saying cart. oh maybe you dropped me off and then went back for your ball i don't know i was sitting with you i was sitting <laughs> there's a picture of us sitting okay. together and i have a picture of where you started running from <laughs> so i didn't run what? first of all so but uh I did uh, skip go up to to my ball and the guy uh, they'd already finished putting and we moved on. Well, this guy decided not to go up to the next hole. He just sat there in his cart waiting for me to come up. And so then he's his immediate words were, "You got a problem," and throws his hands up. And of course, I respond with, "Yeah, oh, I got a problem." And uh, and that's where it all started. Uh, that's exactly what happened. You know, he, famous last words. Yeah, so he, I couldn't believe what I was yeah, seeing. Yeah, so he's the one that I, I feel instigated the whole thing by. I, it could have been me yelling up to Cal, say, "Hey, tell those guys to hurry up." 
Um, oh, but the fact so that quickly, the fact that this guy waited for me to hit <clears throat> Nick to hit, and then us to finally go up there, and the guy's still there, where he should be at the next hole already, and he's already slowing everybody up, and then they start talking about you know showing respect and you know and and uh, our response is well if you you know respect the whole the, the golf you know etiquette. of course and etiquette, the game the game yeah. thank you yeah, man you on. would uh let others go around you or hello um yeah eat the hot dog or do yeah. whatever you're doing with you know your boyfriend yeah. and let us go yeah so it Speaking uh hot dogs too <laughs> dogs. <laughs> this is a sponsor <laughs> yeah. you're getting paid under the table aren't you <laughs> right <laughs> for sure for those two hot dogs or two-handed hot dogs yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's all about those dogs yeah so anyways, I, uh, you know, I, I regret my decisions. Uh, do you? Yeah. I don't know. Sometimes I'm like, somebody I, needed to, and you, you yeah. seem to take one for the team as far as, you know, that, like if, 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 uh, you know, if there's something going on, you're the guy that's probably going to have that <laughs> confrontational conversation with somebody. I, I, I don't think you should regret it. I mean, I, when I, when you flew off the handle, right? Yeah. You lost complete control of everything and let your flesh take over. Yes. I saw Jesus like angry in the temple, <laughs> right? Like a righteous anger. Like, <laughs> dirt flew up and you were, and I was like, yeah. all right, these people are not, uh, yeah, I, I, just, for show. I just had to take it to the Lord at the end of the day and, uh, pray about it and just ask for forgiveness from the Lord and what would I do differently? And I would, you know, um, I would handle myself differently. I would, uh, just probably apologize mm-hmm. for, um, you know, I, I would have tried to calm this, this the, the situation and, uh, instead of throwing apologize for my fire on it. Yeah, exactly. That's what mm-hmm. I did. I, I threw fire on. He says, you got a problem. Throws your hands up and he's yelling at me. You know, it was like immediately for me, it was like, uh, I'm seeing red and, um, you lit up. Yeah. I was, but I was, you know, the, the other point was I have a lot to lose. Uh, if, that's what you were saying. If, um, I was to get, you know, in an altercation, the cops get called, I could lose my gaming license, lose my job. You know, there's a lot involved for, there's a lot of lose, lose mm-hmm. on, on my side. So mm-hmm. as much as I wanted to be in the flesh and, um, take out my anger, um, I feel like, uh, and I regret it. I, um, mm. I, uh, if you're, if you're out there listening right now, I apologize. Yeah. Man. I would like to apologize to him and his boyfriend. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. No. Anyways, uh, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I handled myself poorly. Doesn't mean they were right. Doesn't mean I was right. Um, I think there was wrong on both sides, but, um, you know, I, I, uh, I don't see myself closer to Christ through that process. So, mm. <laughs> That's good to acknowledge that. You've processed this much further than me. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's take me a couple more years. On that same <clears throat> note, etiquette, guys out there, guys and gals, what's your etiquette right. on, the, on the course, for sure. It's been Everywhere. a common theme. Corn dog etiquette and now golf yeah. etiquette. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Oh, yeah. That's true. T- yeah. Tell me about this Tom McDonald, uh, little Shapiro oh, yeah. thing that you texted about. You were going to. Oh, yeah, guys. Today. Have you guys heard about? No. Heard about no. Tom McDonald, Ben Shapiro, kind of out of nowhere. Was it last week? Might have been. Oh, what, Thursday, Friday last week or something. They dropped. Uh, they dropped a rap 
hip hop rap Ben, ben Shapiro. Ben Shapiro <laughs> was rapping on this. Dude, we need to we need to play it. Or I play it right here. Understanding, he kept this pretty secretive, this little side project he did with Tom McDonald, even from the other Daily Wire guys. I guess maybe he didn't wow. hear too much that he was going to end up doing that. And uh, you know, sure enough, it drops, and him and Tom McDonald go on a you know campaign to just like get it going number one, as it said in the song. And then sure enough, what does he do? I think they held the spot for like three days. Really? Two or three days, I think. Yeah, like soon after. So, I mean, Tom McDonald will do that anyway, but I, yeah, I, I, I I just, Tom McDonald lost a little bit of respect for me because I can't stand Ben Shapiro. I can't stand him. He sounded like Stephen Hawking's computer rapping. It was pretty bad. I, I love Tom McDonald because there's a, there's a, most of his music has this little rebellious side and it, it connects to my rebellious side, but that, um, yeah, he just got a little yeah. soft. Yeah. You can't, you can't rap. I mean, rap in its purest form is violent and yeah, graphic and rebellious. I, I've heard him numerous <clears throat> times say rap is not music and, just completely say it's garbage and whatnot. And uh, I'm sure you had a good time recording that. And so I just happened to have a little audio clip oh, right yes. here that we should add on for Maybe sure. you can send it to him. <laughs> Nobody misinterpreted what I was saying. I think rap is garbage. I mean, that has not changed. Um, but I think it's yeah. right there. I don't even have to put any more into it. it yeah. It, yeah. It, that's him summarizing his thought on rap after uh, talking. I mean, let's face it. He's probably talking about the. The kind of rap that demoralizes women oh, or yeah. objectifies women and stuff. Uh, no, because he says it. music has to have three things. It has to have harmony, it has to have rhythm, and it has to have something else. I, oh, okay. I could uh, disagree more. Rap is yeah. rap is good music. Now, with the frequency that rap comes through, I can't say that I've listened to much rap and been in a super happy mood. Mm-hmm. It totally yeah. angers me. However, it's music. It's it requires quite a bit of skill. And that we were part, we were listening to rap 
on the golf course. <laughs> I don't doubt that. Yeah. But we also listen to a lot of different types of music. Green That's Day was true. playing. That's true. Uh-huh. We had 80s rock playing. <laughs> oh, yeah. All Could have been all the beers. You know what it, I don't know. What that, it was, was help. the guy was taking forever. Yeah. That's what. And then <laughs> yeah, true. got in my buddy's face. That's true. Yeah. yeah. It was fun. Thanks for, uh, thanks for backing me up, by the way. Man, I would have killed that guy <laughs> for you. I would have expected yeah. bail money to come through, but I would have You could see murdered. on his face no. that he was like, <laughs> he was fronting, but he was also like, I'm scared to death that if I accidentally touch him, I'm going to I would have thrown crushed. him through that yeah. golf cart. Yeah, yeah. He, he, he could tell. He was, he was uh, trying to put on front for his girl, but you could tell yeah. he was like, I am in no way going to touch you and instigate this any further yeah. to, to get physical because he would have got destroyed. I felt destroyed. hot. Yeah. Yeah. I'm, I've never been in a situation like that either yeah. where I was that serious. I was like, wow. You yeah. said we have a lot to lose. Yeah. We I was like, I have nothing to lose right now. Yeah. I was literally. <laughs> that's how I, in that moment, that's how yeah. I felt. I, I did, uh, <clears throat> speaking of which, this is a good segue. My intelligence was questioned earlier by a couple of our listeners oh, oh dang yeah they said uh, we listen to your podcast and i was like oh yeah what do you think well, like, well your intelligence is in oh, question man, i thought you said that these were good okay. good questions they were good they <laughs> actually believe it or not these are really good so all right these are two two listeners that combined forces and uh developed some questions okay um, all right. and for the feedback they said whenever we talk about flat earth or aliens in particular all credibility goes out the window. So mm. we need to tone that up more. There do we more go. research there we go. because they don't understand. Are they, are, I mean, so are they saying, hey, you shouldn't talk about aliens? These are just Nephilim? Or, I mean, are they just. <laughs> they just don't believe it in general. They, Nephilim is no. That's that's like two. even, that's, that's bumping us down even further. Right? Yeah, no, all don't right, do that. We need, to, we, need to, we need to make that connection. Yeah. <laughs> they're I either think, demons or they're Nephilim. Right. Spirits disembodied. I, so I'm like, gonna stand on Nephilim or yeah, or spirits from alternative realities or dimensions and that's ancient, ancient <clears throat> um they just need to watch more ancient aliens is what they need yeah, to do. I don't like it. I mean <laughs> I'm kidding. I'm kidding, I'm kidding, I know. You know, I I, I, I mean demon possession's real, right? Uh Jesus cast them out in the Bible Correct. and yeah. uh, crazy Larry, as they say, are coming down the hill. Mm-hmm. One of these people, the well says, but um, you know, it has to, you have to then question, right. Being possessed by a demon, where do demons come from? Right. right. Like uh, not of this world, mm-hmm. which is by definition an alien. And I don't believe in Martians for the record. Mm-hmm. I don't either. Yeah. But I believe in angels and demons and spiritual beings. God himself is not of this earth. So he, by our definition, is an alien, but not like what ancient aliens would portray. Right, mm-hmm. right. I don't believe in that. He's very near. You know, yeah. we like to think God is is up in some part of space, and uh, no, he's well. They're definitely not near. biting on the flat Earth. Uh, okay, bait we're putting out. But there's oh, good. Question. I've done my job. Then I feel good about <laughs> that. Okay. Brian has received uh, a crown of most intelligent and reasonable. <laughs> I, I doubt that uh, holds a lot of water. But I mean, so, really, flat Earth is kind of the this the beginning point. I feel like most people will not engage on Nephilim and and and. Uh, you know, aliens and cryptids and Bigfoot or anything until right. until you've kind of 
started to believe that, that they're lying to us. I don't, I, don't forget mer people. Merfolk. Merfolk. That's right. Merfolk. Would they die in the flood? That's a whole nother question. Oh boy. I so as far as a rebuttal for the intelligence comment. Yes. I mean, my where I'm gonna land there is Einstein's definition of intelligence is the ability to entertain an idea without accepting it as reality. And that's where I land. That's brilliant. And just put all the cards as Todd would say on the table. I'm going to look at them. doesn't make me unintelligent to look. I never said I believe in a flat earth, but I absolutely am not removing that card off the table. No way. You know, Mm -hmm. but there's there's way too much. There's way too much that adds up for it to be taken off the table. Yeah. There are too many unanswered questions. Oh yeah. Like, I mean, I can still be convinced otherwise, but Mm -hmm. you know, it'd have to take more evidence than what we're given. Agreed. One of the smartest guys I ever hired, uh, his name's Rob, and oh, uh, we we go into these meetings on a regular with different vendors, and you know, looking at different products to buy and stuff. And this guy would always ask a ton of questions, and they you know use acronyms, you know, like uh, DLP or whatever happens to be right. And uh, he would ask the questions like, I don't know what that means, or can you explain this? And you know, we'd all learn right from mm-hmm. the questions that he mm-hmm. asked because he was asking questions. He was he was you know trying to understand. He had a desire to um to seek knowledge mm-hmm. and uh at the end of the call i'd be like who else knew what dlp meant before rob asked nobody not a single hand goes up mm-hmm. nobody knew you know and that's the kind of uh person i want to be like i want to ask the questions i want to explore different things mm-hmm. and if it sounds dumb then so be it but right uh explore it mm-hmm. yeah and and come it to takes that it actually takes humility to um to consider mm-hmm. new new evidence it takes a hum it takes a degree of humility because yeah. anybody anybody is presented with something new if they think they know it all they that's all they'll know mm-hmm. you know they will not be able to expand I agree. there's yeah there's a quote by a philosopher his name's adam carolla i listened to him <laughs> <laughs> And he said, uh, I know nothing. He says, I know nothing. Therefore, I know everything. Because he admittedly says, wow. I know nothing. He's an empty glass to be filled. And then he just sorts through the data that comes in. Yeah. yeah. But so the question um, that they asked, which I, I think this is a really good question. <clears throat> I didn't think it was going to be biblical, biblical, but it is. It says, so the question is, would y'all as religious people allow or accept a barcode of some other type or other type uh, of tattoo or mark on your skin, or would you reject it? And they're talking about in reference to the mark of the beast. But would you I get mean, a barcode? I wouldn't. I wouldn't do that. I wouldn't do that if the state mandated it. You know, like I wouldn't want it. I wouldn't do it. It wouldn't have anything to do with my belief that it was the mark. It would be like, no, I'm not going to do that. I'm not willing to integrate you know, uh, technology inside my body or on my body so that I could, you know, function in the world that they want to create or limit us to. Like for, for me, I'd be like double middle fingers, you know? <laughs> so it a, doesn't matter whether it's the mark or not. I You don't put a bumper sticker on a Porsche, you know what I mean? That's a Kim Kardashian right there. <laughs> she said, I, you don't put a bumper sticker on a Bentley. Oh, geez. I, uh, and there was a an added comment in there, which is uh, 
if this person is assuming correctly that it would be forced upon you. And I would say so mm-hmm. with Todd, that's why if it's government mandated, that's an easy no. But the Bible does say, actually, it's not forced upon you. In, in, instead, I think the Bible actually says it, it, people it, will demand it. They will want it. Is this like mm-hmm. Neur- Neuralink? Is that where we're kind of headed with this? I don't know. Uh, no. Which is the Elon Musk. Well, you know what? They're putting the You're chips right. in their head. They, uh, Elon was mentioned yeah. in this a bit. Um, and I did see that he did you just have that. to. You just have to think. I mean, if I was that person mm-hmm. asking the question, I'd be like, what kind of slave are you going to be? <laughs> you know? This person sign said that up, they would not accept it. They, okay. they, they wanted that I noted thought, on the podcast. Okay, they, they wouldn't okay. accept it, but not for religious reasons, right. or biblical reasons. This is not personal. for religious reasons. I believe that the mark happened like 2,000 years ago. So Yeah, that's what you're... I, I mean, it's all irrelevant to me. You're but, saying the mark's DNA or what, what's the mark? He's talking about Nero. I mean, I'm, I'm talking about the first century, I, I believe. But that, what was the actual mark? I mean, that's a good question. I've heard of a lot of different ideas but nothing seemed to be really okay i I mean to me uh, open hand yeah yeah like i i don't have all the information on that and i could i could also be convinced otherwise of that i mean in the same way that you know the idea of the mark doesn't necessarily say a tattoo mark could even be like say a branding or something right like some kind of physical marker to indicate you're separate in in this way. It allows you to barter, trade, buy, sell. You couldn't do that without whatever mark they're talking about. Mm-hmm. So if you're, isn't that like a it's credit like card? On the, it's on almost. The, it's we just carry be, it around. I mean, does it have to be actually? In no, it's supposed to or? be on the head or the, or the hand yeah. or That's the fore, forehead. Forehead, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. And and so I mean, of course, you isn't know, that we crazy think about, to think about though? Like the forehead, right? But it's like they're planting chips inside of people's heads getting you know, closer just be on closer. the other side i mean it, but it's the same thing right the forehead on the other side of your forehead uh where there's i think there was somebody they they just did it successfully for they're recovering there's not a lot of details but the thought is that if you're like stephen hawking's right, right which i said earlier you know um you could just think of a button on the screen and it'll press it right, right. And, and right. think of youtube and here comes youtube right so you you know that 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 if if we were gonna just pretend in my mind that you know none of the end times um, things have happened yet, um, the Christians are marked too. You know the angel marks the the Christians in the Book of Revelation um, before you know before one of the trumpets, I believe. Yeah, so I think I think we found it. Yes, what, what uh, Revelation 9? seven three and nine okay. three both okay. cover it. Uh, seven three says, "Do not harm the earth or the sea or the trees until we have sealed the servants of our God on their foreheads." And then nine four is they were told, "Do not harm the grass of the earth or any green plant or any tree." <clears throat> but only those people who do not have the seal of God on their foreheads. So Correct. Yeah. there's a seal on their foreheads. This is God speaking to the angels. Uh, no, this is John witnessing, you know, what was taking place. And I think one of the uh, angels was being, was being held back from whatever, you know, judgment was coming down until the, uh, the seals were, were, we're done. And 
So it's like you have these angels that are putting these marks on believers. And we we assume, you know, I, I guess we would assume that everything is just a physical, fleshly mark. But even in the word seal, we were just talking about this uh, in the book of Revelation. It, it's the term, it's a Greek word, epi. And I know that epi is a way in my mind when I see that it's a usually used as a prefix and it means that there's um, something else alongside of it or overlaying it. So I would, I would like it, like when we talk about epigenetics, there are spiritual genetic markers that we actually put in our body when we live in transgression, which is rebellious, which is, which is rebellion to, towards God. It's not like you sin like you did on the golf course. You get emotional and you react and you do something out of character, right? It's willful rebellion against God. When you live in that, what happens is genetically your DNA is, is showing that. Somehow, some way, it's called epigenetics. It's a real thing. And you can even look it up in your Strong's Concordance, epi. It's it's used as a prefix. So I almost look at it as a, as a quantum entanglement with your spirit man as well. So there are spiritual markers that that are over your your blood, your DNA, your coding, your information, you know. And so... I, I would say that, yeah, you know, if you don't have the seal of God, um, you know, you might, you might end up with the, the mark of the beast. You know, it might be that, that the mark is in the, the blood. And if you do not have the, um, the sealing of the, uh, you know, the, the angels, then you're, um, you know, I know, I know this is just like me, like thinking about it on the spot, but I just find it interesting So it, that, this, that it's speaking of something spiritual. So this mark that you're talking about, or that revelation is talking about, you're saying that this is either a mark that's physically given or that exists as a condition in your DNA. This is not well, I mean, I think when it comes God. to, yeah, when it comes to the, 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 the mark of God, the sealing of God and God's children, God's people, it, it has everything to do with the heart. Right. So it's not necessarily, oh, these guys have spoken these words and prayed these prayers and blah, 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 you know, and now we would say, oh, yeah, they're saved. These are people that have placed their faith in Christ and love God and the heart is probably uh i mean could the holy spirit that's be what there? i was gonna say yeah. you you're you're covered in his grace and sealed with his spirit upon accepting him as your lord and savior when you place your faith in him you've accepted that you've accepted yeah. a seal mm-hmm. i don't know if it's the seal that you're talking about or that i don't know either to, about. to be honest with you i don't know either and i've heard of people that i've heard of people that um have been saved for years and years and years of their lives. And, um, they, uh, they didn't like become consciously aware of their spirit, their Holy spirit in them for years later. Like, um, 
you know, they have a, they have something that happens and all of a sudden, you know, the spirits poured out on them and it's like, you know, they just know it, you know, they know it. Like, so, you know, it's, it, the whole idea of, of salvation is, um, is really a strange thing to me because I feel like what you're asking me and what we're talking about has to do with our eternal security. And for me, uh, and I've wrestled with this biblically, like I have searched the scriptures and I cannot find a single scripture that says once saved, always saved. You got to go through Romans eight and nine. Mm-hmm. I've, I've gone there. I've gone there, but but there's, I mean, Romans eight's pretty chastising. I mean, if you, if you're, if, you know, especially to the end of Romans eight, man, you're talking about, you know, people. Are, I mean, I just encourage you to read it. Like it, it just to me, it spells out. You know, there, there's. Um, anyway, yeah. I mean, I, I want to say, I want to believe in my heart that once saved always saved that you know you professed this word when you were you know however many years old and you know that that got your fire insurance and mm-hmm. and you know but i just don't honestly i don't see that like i'm not convinced of it now if you were to ask me three years ago is once saved always saved? oh yeah yeah of course of course that's all i've ever believed that's all i've ever been taught that's all i've ever known but i'm now reading the bible you know and i'm I'm not seeing it well this is what i i was introduced to this um listening to some podcast or something at some point but uh taking romans and uh what paul is saying um in his letter to the romans and then what uh james is saying mm-hmm. also the the by works right show right. me show me your faith, faith by... through work mm-hmm. so uh in one sense we are uh secured through the grace of god mm-hmm. faith faith in jesus then faith yeah faith in jesus and by grace you are giving exactly. you're given right. these things yep. right and but then what is also said that faith without those works is a dead faith, right? right. That there's nothing if there's nothing to Which show. Which is why, for this like trust, in the Bible, like it it talks about like uh, many departed from them, and mm-hmm. it was like their their numbers people were going away, and and Paul's writing and he's saying they they went away because they were never of us. Exactly. They went from us because they were never of us. I True. Think, yeah. So, in Romans 3.21, there's a, it's like, that's the page. If you were getting chased by, you know, wild villagers on King Kong's Island, and there was one page to take. It'd be Romans 3.21. Rip that one out. <clears throat> and it says, but now the right, righteousness of God has been manifest apart from the law. That means no more faith plus works. It means through faith alone, by faith alone, we're saved. Mm-hmm. Uh, although the law and the prophets bear witness to it, the righteousness of God through faith in Jesus Christ for all who believe. There is no distinction. Faith alone. And we talk about the solas. It's faith alone, Christ alone, grace alone, by his word alone, for his glory alone. Mm-hmm. Yes, we were given that, but apart from the law now. If the it? law was fulfilled, we're always going to screw up. We're always going to mess up. We're always going to look, especially Christians, 
like idiots on the golf course. Mm-hmm. <laughs> We're going to look like that yeah, forever. Funny. It's our struggle. We're just like every other human struggling in our flesh. Mm-hmm. But because God gave us grace, and we placed our faith in what he did. We are saved, period. It, you cannot claim one iota of energy into your salvation. Hmm. Only faith is the only thing that saves you. Through faith. Now, that I mean, is... I, I go back to... Oh, sorry. Go ahead. Well, that's incorporating like a level of faith in which your heart is poured out into this trust. And it should reflect, yeah. Yeah, and so where you could say, I, I have faith in Jesus, but... Do you know who Jesus is? Do you only know who God, God is? Only God right. knows the heart of man. And so when you explore, when a man explores another man's heart, mm-hmm. uh, you you can't tell whether or not right. truly, maybe you feel like you can, but you don't know truly if he's placed his faith for his salvation, his eternal salvation in what Jesus did or not. Yeah, You cannot base it on well, his I, actions and works. Though it's a fruitless tree and it may appear dead, we go through seasons and we all struggle with our flesh daily. There's only one judge. Right. Well, there's only one judge, but the Bible does say that we'll know them by their fruits, right? Mm-hmm. A, a, an apple tree doesn't bear an orange, nor an orange an apple. Like, you know, so I'm not saying that we should even really be uh, per se, like judging whether someone is saved or not. But it's like the, uh, well, we're, I mean, even if we sat around in judgment, that doesn't move the needle for God. Like God knows, mm-hmm. God knows. Like you're, you know, if you're, if you've prayed a prayer, you've signed a card, you've baptized, and uh, there's no heart transformation, yeah. Yeah. you could even in your own flesh, you could even pull off uh, quite a, quite a bit. Like you know, God, God, God literally tells. People who have cast out demons in his name, behold, I never knew you. Mm-hmm. Like, so, I mean, like we see that God will even honor his name um, being used to heal people through people that have no knowledge or heart for God. Oh, I think we've mm-hmm. seen, I'm air quoting here, pastors. Oh, for that, 100%. That have, uh, Pastors that have, uh, pastors, pastors mm-hmm. that have, uh, who've gone and confessed, you know, that they're, you know, uh, out there preaching the, the gospel and yet and dead, they're abusers. Exactly. Yeah. They've done horrific things and, uh, trafficked people and there's all kinds of crazy stuff that yeah. they've done. Take money. You're talking about Robbie. <laughs> yeah, probably. I don't know. My wife was talking about some, someone recently. Robbie about Zacharias. Yeah. yeah. Things like that. But I, so, you're right. The heart that... level, right? Like that's what it comes back to is God knows your heart. And if you think you're going to say a line that gives you hell insurance and gets you into the kingdom of heaven, you're, you fooled yourself. Mm-hmm. At the end of the day, it's going to be you and him. And he's going to know, you know, mm. did, did I ever know yeah. you? And yeah. Uh, yeah. don't fool yourself, you know? Mm-hmm. That, that's, that's, that's it, man. You mm-hmm. nailed it right there. Now you you, you nailed, nailed it, and I'm I'm just no. Telling I, the line I, I don't know. I yeah. feel like you just nailed it for yeah. me. Like that. That's it. Like when when God, when you see God face to face, He is going to either embrace you or say, 
I don't know you. Mm-hmm. you and he know. might say, you had a wild bunch of conspiracies that were all wrong, Brian. But, <laughs> but, but you loved me. Yeah. Yeah. And you pursued me. guys on the podcast here with, they <laughs> yeah. knew. But he loved listen. me. He loved me and he pursued me. Yeah. And that's what, yeah. that's what, and so your many, heart was yes. in the right sp- place. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Your brain, not so much. <laughs> Yeah. You have to listen to the people on the podcast, Brian. <laughs> yeah. It's exactly. non salvific though. It's okay. That's right. I'm, but look at this dish that I've I'm, made. I'm just I just bought some new binoculars. I'm gonna try to find the uh, pillars that hold up the firmament. Um, oh, they're gonna say rangefinder. Yeah. But oh, okay. Just for you guys, you know. Some pillars, huh? Yeah. I don't know where you find those. Mm-hmm. I don't know either, but apparently <laughs> it's in the Bible. So Yeah. <laughs> the four pillars. It's true. Yeah, I I don't know, man. I I I uh I, okay. Have you guys ever looked at all of the different um religions of the world and how they perceive what they believe the the cosmos is? Uh, I can't. No, I they're, I can represent certain. I, I, I see them do all not the time. Know many other religions okay. at all. <laughs> but but I mean, even if you're if you're not like. If you if you're built just strictly you know biblical, I'm not cosmology. hip to the Hindu. <laughs> but but seriously, look at all of them. Okay. Okay. What am I looking for? Okay, just just put type in um, like if you could do a, a Google search for you know Hindu flatters. ancient Egypt or ancient um, Hindu. What do they believe the world looks like? What do the, what do they believe in all these different cultures? And they all have drawings and paintings of essentially the same thing, which is crazy. Even Norse mythology, mm-hmm. you know, you have this, this tree going up to the center. You have the firmament, the sun, the moon inside, and you have mm. stars and you have uh, layers you have underground you have you have it's multi-layered and it's like okay oh man you might have one here mm-hmm. i so, asked the chat gpt <laughs> what did the ancient hindu culture believe that the world looked like and it says ancient hindu culture believed in a cosmology where the world was depicted as a vast flat disc mm-hmm. called biloka there we go is there a firmament Prithvi, surrounded by uh concentric oceans and mountains above it lay the realm of the gods and below it the underworld yeah and so you you've got you've got norse mythology that says that you i mean you go to any any culture and everyone give me another religion norse i don't even spell that n-o-r-s-e okay you know, and I believe the tree is like Yggdrasil or something, mm-hmm. and it's a even, tree of life. Who, who's the, the Norse? I haven't even heard of this. Is it Nordic, Nordic. Nordic those your people. Those are those yeah. are your bros. <laughs> what? Yeah, I'm oh, Irish, boy. man. Are you talking about Nordic people? Yeah, yeah, Nord- yeah close enough. Yeah, yeah. 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 Scandinavian. You ain't Aztec, so that's for sure. The ancient Norse believed in cosmology consisting of nine realms interconnected by the world tree, Yggdrasil. The world was depicted as a flat disk surrounded by a vast mm. ocean with the realms <laughs> of human beings in the center. Above was Midgard, where realms Midgard. like Asgard, home Asgard. of the gods, Asgard. Asgard. Rainbow home Bridge. of the light elves, yeah. Asgard. While Asgard. below were the realms like Hell, the realm of the dead. This cosmology was detailed in Norse mythology. Blah, blah, blah. Okay, give me another one. Egypt. Ancient uh, Egypt, Egyptian. even Hebrew, right? Even ancient. Oh, I mean Hebrew, Hebrew is 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 the 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 true like biblical cosmology. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like. Are you did, ready? 
Ancient Egyptians believed in cosmology where the earth was seen as a flat disk around oh water. Oh my God. <laughs> three for three. <laughs> it's on fire. Uh, they conceptualized the universe as divided into two parts, the sky, the nut, and the earth, the gib, nut. which were separated by the air shoe. The sky was depicted as a goddess arched over the earth, swallowing the sun at night and giving birth to it in the morning. This cosmic cosmological view was uh integral part of the egyptian religious beliefs <clears throat> all right interesting normally i have G- to give me read. another one, give I, me another I, one. I, i'm curious what chinese uh, culture says chinese, like, yeah what do you, what do you call i that? think Buddhism? the chinese it's like a turtle it's like the the oh, wow there's a there's yeah i mean all right here we I go be wrong ancient chinese cosmology the world is often depicted as a square with rounded corners, representing the concept of the four corners of the earth. The earth was believed to be flat and square with the heavens above and the underworld below. The sky was seen as domed canopy supported by pillars at the four corners of oh. the earth. Um, wow. That's pretty wild. Four winds, four corners. You got, you got, usually I thought it was one of the cultures. It might be like. like Japanese? Sure. Japanese. Japanese. <laughs> You know, they. I just watched an Ancient Aliens, and they were talking about the flood and how they wanted to disprove it. But okay, you um, ready? Yes, to go. The ancient Japanese cosmology: uh, the world was often depicted as a flat, rectangular landmass surrounded by vast oceans. This landmass was believed to be divided into various religions inhabited by humans, gods, and spirits. Above the Earth, Rome was somewhere I can't say in Japanese. The dwelling place of the gods. Where below was Yami, the realm of the dead. <laughs> Uh, try like, a little bit more, but that's you get the gist. Yeah, like maybe um, you could do sure. South American, Aztec, Mayan, or Mayan or African. All, all going to be the same for sure. I I think that uh, so I saw this thing on Ancient Aliens and it was talking about the flood and it was talking about the Bible, wanting to disprove it, but then doing what we're doing, which was pointing to all these other cultures and religions, and they all have some kind of flood, especially like Hindu where there's like a resetting of earth and now they're trying to go out and prove that there was a flood. I forgot mm-hmm. what they called it, a deluge or something. I mean, deluge. the flood. But it wasn't, the, <laughs> it wasn't what the Bible said. The Bible isn't accurate, but historically something did happen. It just, everyone was Everything mythologically up, wrong. But, you know, right. it's not it's not actually true. And I, I, I kind of, uh, you know, in that whole, I shouldn't even mention it on air because it's something we were talking about off air, but it's like, that could be a theory of where the waters of the deep came from. I'm curious where, when the waters recited, where did they go in? What? It's a cycle. It's a big oh, filtration just, cycle okay. through the navel of the earth, yeah. down through the earth and out and up through Antarctica. I mean, technically it's scientific, they've right? Done, it's dude, they've, done, they've done ice studies about, you know, like Antarctic ice and the water that's coming off them are... are ancient they have a way of of being able to, to find data. out i don't know i don't know but it's it's ancient all right maya the maya believed in a cosmology where the world was conceptualized as a flat rectangle rectangular plane divided into four cardinal directions each associated with a specific color and corresponding deity this flat world was supported by four cosmic trees of world trees four pillars huh? one at each uh, cardinal direction above the earth's plane where 13 levels of heavens inhabited by various gods and dimensions i so, i gotta apologize to what? the listeners that they actually asked the, there's two they're like don't talk about flat earth 
Oh my god! You literally died. I mean, cannot. I mean, this they is just like historical. This, this is historical, like uh, you know, just documentation of of what their belief systems taught them. And I believe that they were all pretty much. I'm, I'm sure that they were all given, whether it was from positive entities or or evil entities, they were all given revelations as to the the world they live on like i'm sure that those south americans were doing some ayahuasca or some iboga and they they were tripping and they they saw things you know in in their realm (laughs) you know even if it was completely devoid of you know the spirit of god they probably had some Mm -hmm. truth Mm -hmm. i i think that that it's all too similar sense. to not be that way. Yeah, I mean, how 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 come? Yeah, you know, yeah. How come? Uh, I think the only to play devil's advocate, they're gonna say it's well, these are people that were making fires with sticks. They didn't have an iPhone, and now we have telescopes, and we landed on the moon. I would I would <laughs> ask them if these people were were making fires with sticks. What about all the antediluvian architecture, the megalithic architecture? These people weren't idiots. They were artisans. They were skilled with knowledges, you know, that arguably were handed down from them by fallen angels. And they were not dumb. You know? I, I feel like the, I get where you're coming from. The Tartaria, Tartarian, yeah. that one's like, it's a, that's a far cry for me right now. But the ancient Egyptians and Mayan people, and you look at all these cave dwellers, they all had maps of solar systems and you know my theory on tartaria i yeah 1800 there's like a no no tartaria Tartarian, you're talking about the thousand year reign tartarian mm-hmm. architecture was thousand year reign right. buildings that yeah. came came out of that era right i i understand and the art i a lot of the art i don't know i feel like in that time period has it if it existed or not right? Jesus is reigning on earth and we have every bit of technology and knowledge available to us to create as beautiful as, you know, the cathedrals are, I feel like it'd be so much more beautiful than that. It couldn't Mm. exist where we're at right now. Although I, I, I'm not discrediting it or saying it's not true and it could be that those are, well, the the narratives we're given are, are definitely false because buildings like that don't go up in two, three, four years like they claim they did. So, I mean, literally the the impossibility, the narrative has been around too long. It was established by people who, um, who, who weren't smart enough to actually date these buildings a little bit more accurately. But they had, in my opinion, they were hiding something bigger. I do agree with that. And, and, you know, could we build one church on par with St. Peter's today? Possibly. Possibly if you gathered the world's most elite artisans from every corner. But you got to understand, there are millions of buildings, of these buildings everywhere. Like if you took the cumulative amount of, of buildings that are still around that haven't been destroyed, um, this was worldwide. So like the fact that there's no way that that could have even been feasible. There are a in number. St. Peter's took 120 years to build that church. Okay. Well, that's what we're told. But <laughs> I, no, I do I, think I, that... I'm not saying St. Peter's, but you, you look at, you know, a lot of the palaces 
the the you look at the the New York train station. Okay. Okay. You look at how when it was built and what they claim the time frame is impossible, impossible. I mean, so yeah, I, they're 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 a little bit more accurate with Saint Saint Peter's, but I mean that's that's the coup de gras. Like it doesn't get any coup de gras fancier than that. I mean, that is the place. That's where the Pope lives. You know. Mm-hmm. I mean. Um. Anyway, yeah. There aren't even originally churches would you say would you say they started off as you're talking about grand central terminal new york mm-hmm. energy factories energy or, factories yeah. i mean it, ethereal it, energy it, it's a great it makes there's a lot oh, of uh, yeah. evidence uh-huh. yeah i mean but that's just you know it's a theory i could can be i could be convinced otherwise but to believe the narrative we're given given is is just foolishness it's yeah. it's so utter. and then, i mean you pick up a you know Pick up a chisel and go find yourself a nice piece of marble and <laughs> and and start pounding on it for a while and you know try to try to make a face or a leaf and and then go to Europe and look at these hole in the wall buildings that are the most ornate ornately crafted things and you know you walk into any hole in the wall in Venice and you will stumble across some mind blowing work and nobody's even there to look at it it's just an old building and uh the door was open you know like that that's how it is mm-hmm. and that's how it that's how it was everywhere you know i think that you know it's evident that there have been fires and then there have been earthquakes and um mud floods and things like that that have you know definitely taken care of a lot of that era but i mean even the great salt lake like the temple the mormon temple you know that you're not going to convince me that that was built by the Mormons. That was pre-existing. You know, they didn't build that with their cowboy hats and their six shooters on their hip. And um, and oh yeah, you know they got a little forge where they can make some cold chisels and and hammers and you know bang out a a work of art like that. No way. I don't know. Mm-hmm. I don't know, man. Impossible. It, that is truth or the biggest compliment to the guy that did it. Yeah. I mean, so out of the four of us here, Ooh. Todd's by far <laughs> <laughs> the guy who works with his hands, uh-huh. who For knows sure. craftsmanship, who can, you know, who could speak to this better than anyone I know. In I, fact, anyone I know, yeah. as far as when it comes to craftsmanship, that's it would be tough. True. I would. I, you'd be I'm my first call. Dang, anything dang. I can even think of. I, there's nothing I, mean, I just come looking, close to. Yeah, just looking at your Instagram and looking at the wood floors that you put in and the amount of intricacy and detail that goes into. I, Thank you, man. It's on an incredible level, and the the accuracy right is incredible. <laughs> I honestly, the, the I've seen some that of goes the, into that. Yeah. Oh my gosh, I have seen some of the stuff he did. Yeah, on your and I'm like. This is from Tartaria. <laughs> yeah. uh, you you go and look at no some man. of the hardwood floors in Russia. Some of the, I mean, yeah, we can duplicate a lot of it now with with uh, CNC machines. But you know, there are some old Russian um, like marquetry floors that were all hand cut. Um, yeah, I don't I don't know how I don't know how they did it. I don't know how they did I it. I feel like if you were given 120 years, you know. And like a toothpick. You haven't been there though. No. Dude, like the base, like 
the the base of the building. You went to which, Russia? No, I went to Venice. Oh. Um, I saw but, pictures. Oh, no, I'm sorry. I went to Rome. Uh, Rome is where St. Peter's is, right? But, you know, the vastness of it, you just can't even grasp. You, you know, going into the Vatican or going into St. Peter's is like, it's too big to appreciate. Mm-hmm. Like, it, it's it's almost like you need to go into these little little places where you can, like, touch and feel and see. But, I mean, it's so grand. It's like you might as well be dreaming, you know. It's, it's just too much to Jeez. grasp. But... But yeah, even like the outside of the building looks like the base has like almost a baseboard encasement around the bottom. And that's like, I don't know, eight feet tall, mm-hmm. you know, and it looks like it's just a little piece of trim molding. Um, and, you know, you look at the the domes that are in these places and the window work and the, you know. You know what I like about the- it, a lot of it, too, that I've seen a picture I've never been, but is that the artwork is not just artwork. It's telling a story. Like there's yeah. a purpose behind it. And, the, you know, there's a lot of intention and and detail that goes into each piece of art that gets put into these buildings. Oh, dude, it's, so it's, it's, it's mind-blowing. You yeah. know, I can appreciate even like a little statue. But if you do a brief Google search. And it's on- not there to be pretty. No, it, it, no, it's it is just gorgeous, like it's just historic, it's, right? Yeah, it's yeah, just there. Exactly. Um, you can go down to most streets in in Germany. Uh, you know, like not even in big towns. You know, just in regular towns, um, and you'll see statue work and you'll see metal work, and it's just like, yeah. I mean, I don't know who could do that today. Like, if you do a Google search on veiled statues, it'll blow your mind. Like. Mm-hmm. There's nobody that there's nobody today doing that kind of artisan work. There's just not. I mean, you you get some people that can do something and it's impressive and it's nice. And I follow a lot of them on Instagram, Mm -hmm. but nowhere near. Okay. Let me, let me throw out something though. Computer programmers. I was just going to say that. I was just going to say that. We're so in sync, Nick. No, dude, that's so (laughs) true though. Like I look at a computer screen. I'm like, this is baffling. The fact that I'm looking at a red square, but what it took to make this happen, I can't fathom it. And I, mm-hmm. I would venture to guess nano more details than I even a, a building like that. It's like a computer and how intelligent it is, mm-hmm. how fast AI exists. Yeah. That's you want to know something dimensionally speaking? Oh boy. The <laughs> Bible is more, more mind blowing than any any kind of you know supercomputer like i'm telling you within it there are storylines that you just can't get to um if if you lose if you can lose some of your indoctrination you can you can begin to take that journey because the bible Probably, I, I would I would venture to say the Bible in in is literal, and and because we can't wrap our mind around it, a lot of times, um, or maybe we have the limit of of our timeline that we're on, not an age, not a cycle, not a spiritual um, overlay, but the the Bible tells stories even within the Bible, and you know if you're if you're earnestly seeking God. To know him, he he will unveil some things. And I'm not talking about like studying 
the Talmud or studying all these extra biblical books. I'm talking about just straight Bible concordance studies and saying, God, show me what this is and labor in it. Like I said, I've been in Revelation 12 for like a week. And I told myself every morning, I'm going to read this through one more time. And if, if you don't bring any new revelation to me about what I'm reading, I'm going to move to 13. And every morning I think I'm moving to 13. I'm going to read straight through 12 and start studying 13. And every day it's like, nope, you're going to labor here for another hour because here's some, here's some pieces. Now that you've got these pieces, here's some more. And, um, I just find that to be fascinating. Question, question for you. Yeah. Uh, just curious about your study time. Um, you're a busy guy. We're all busy, right? What? When do you find time to get into the Bible? Is I sacrifice it, other things. Well, I mean, like literally, like like like. I, I do wake you up. wake up and and you just reach over for your yep. Bible on your nightstand yep. and you don't even get out of bed. Yep. You just sit in your. BBDs. I will not get out of bed. Yeah. Okay. So I will. I will. Copper first wire all, still connected. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> still, still got my wire on. Yeah. <laughs> You know, um, but no, like I, I will wake up and go through my morning. Like I have a morning prayer that I pray over okay. my household, over my By kids. the way, thank you for sharing this. Yeah. Uh, you know, I, I, you know, basically, I mean, just an inside, it's like I come before the throne of God. I lay my, my, my body, my soul, my spirit, my heart on the altar as a living sacrifice to God. And I say, this is what, you know, I'm, I'm, I have this much to offer you. I have everything, everything I am is yours. Cleanse it, send your fire, living water and breath, life, you cover me in the blood of Jesus and, you know, anoint me, you know, uh, and, uh, those are all things that we can ask for. It does take a level of understanding. It's not just like, okay, I pray these words, but it's actually getting the understanding of what these elements are in scripture, what they represent. And, um, and then, you know, I might pray for some people or pray, you know, mm -hmm. angels protection over my family today. Uh, over my land, my animals, my food, my air, my water. Like I, I pray over all those. Um, and then pray for eyes to see, ears to hear, um, a heart to be able to feel, sense, discern, that sort of thing. Kay. Put on the armor of God, helmet of salvation, breastplate of righteousness, shield of faith, sword of the spirit, girding my loins with virtue and truth, and my feet with the gospel of peace. I, um, gotta gird those loins. Yes. <laughs> gird those loins, man. That's like every day. That's like it's one of the card. most important pieces <laughs> to the whole thing. Okay, uh, so then you reach for your Bible? Um trying to think. There is um yeah, I mean, yeah, pretty much. That's okay. when I that's it, when I start. So how long do you 15 typically 15 minutes 15 of minutes. prayer? Okay. So that's doable. I'm hearing this. I'm thinking you're hour solid or something no, like that. No, 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 no. So Oh, so good. I, I, I do, um, you know, there's this delicate balance where it's like, you know, because it's, it becomes a system and I don't like that. So, um, 
you know, I'm, I like, I'm hungry to kind of crack the book open and get my coffee and, and start reading. Um, but I, uh, I usually about halfway into my prayer realize, all right, stop trying to get to the next thing and just be present where you are. Oh, that's good insight. And, uh, so sometimes that means I'm praying a little bit longer for things and, but anyway, I usually start reading and, you know, I usually do skip breakfast. Um, so say so you're reading your Bible you're 15 minutes in and yeah. then you say, Marion, give me my coffee. Coffee me. Coffee no, me. no, I actually do get out of bed at okay. this point in time. Okay. I go get a cup of coffee. I drink it black. So there's no like time delay there. You okay. know, sit down. Okay. Do some reading. Okay. Um, and then, you know, I I like to take notes in my Bible because I know I'm not going to pull out a journal and and cross-reference what I'm writing. But sometimes if I'm writing some stuff down, mm-hmm. you know, it's like I need to get this on paper because I'm going to forget. Like I'm going to forget in 10 minutes. And um, so I'll write, I'll anchor that into something or onto something. And then I'll try to find a way to, to use it in, in the little margins that I have, you know, to condense it. But, you know, that basically, you know, going over scripture that way and then just laboring in it until you've exhausted no more revelation out of it. But, you know, Hmm. God will show me something. He'll say, Oh, you remember, you remember what the rod of iron is. It was mentioned here, here, and here. Um, why don't you look at that? And then I'll, you know, I'm cross-referencing and I'm, you know, getting that kind of mm-hmm. stuff. But it's like, um, it amazes me that scripture, um, we, you can read scripture a hundred times and not like I've been there. And I'm like, I've already read this book. I know what it's going to say. Yeah, David was the son of Benjamin. Right, Benjamin right. was the son of Jebediah. Jebediah was the son of <laughs> hey, Samuel. The- it's yeah. hard to get to that yeah. place where um, where you've you've accumulated enough information. And this this information doesn't all come out of the Bible. It comes through other things. But it's like it's amazing when I can take something you know, from multiple places and go, oh, this is the same thing. And these are the same words. And these are, they're they're all converging to form a story. And, you know, and then the sad part about, about it is you're not going to find anyone to talk to about it. You know, you got all this, all this stuff and it's like, you know, yeah, I could drop some craziness, but you know, it'll just sound like craziness, mm-hmm. which I'm okay with. But I mean, yeah. Uh, uh, but Marianne, thankfully, she's kind of I've I've hey. I've forced her to come on this. <laughs> she she has her own journey. Good like, woman. dude, her 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 journals uh-huh. are full of wisdom. Okay, like they're she's way more wise than I am. Mm-hmm. Um. So like she's studying different things and she will immediately like she'll immediately say, well, what does this word mean or what is this? 
what are you saying here? Because it's got to align with this over here. So she like she knows her Bible oh, better man. than I do. You guys are um, like sparring swords. But there. Ching, we are totally <laughs> polar. I would say we're really polar opposites because I I'm getting into like I would call it like having the spirit lead me mm-hmm. down these things. And um, and so a lot of times I'm not always anchored securely by that, but I have to do that long enough to, to gather all the information. So it's like what you were saying earlier about Einstein, you know, his quote about not having made your mind up about anything and yeah. just collecting information. And then all of a sudden, boom, like it converges and illumination. And yeah. Anyway, that's great. Cool. You know, that's that's a level of God love that I think we were talking about earlier. It's like, can you have or lose salvation? And once you have it, I agree that there's no losing it. Yeah. But you have to get it first. And how do you get it? Right. It's not by words. It's not by uh, just professing. It is an entire heart and mind and life for this this role right and i think about at what moments do people get to that um and just kind of thinking about well, it well like, i certainly I... haven't always been here you know yeah well i mean it's you it's know like what i mean the... it's a it's a pro it's a progress yeah but know? it's it's a it's like the parable of talents right you're given the mm-hmm. ability and the opportunity, the resources to go forth and learn the things. You have like the world at your fingertips to do whatever you want right. with your time and you're spending it on God, which is right. the only worthy thing to do with anybody's time, right? And so that is investing those talents, yeah. right? those talents into that. And people can do it a number of ways. They can do it through worship of God. They can do it through the reading of his word. They can do it through um, going out there and helping in service to others. Right. And I do think that at some point, the wisdom that I have is going to manifest into a a tangible uh, work somewhere, somehow. But I just know that's what I'm called to right now, Mm -hmm. you know? Um, But yeah, I, I, I agree with you a hundred percent. I think you're right on the mark. Like, uh, you don't have to do it my way. You could do it through acts of service. You could do it through a lot of, a lot of different things. Um, but if we can get on the religious treadmill and do, 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 and never actually connect to the father, mm-hmm. you know, yeah, it can happen. Yeah. There's a, uh, Oh man, I don't know. It's in the gospels, but it's kind of, a. Uh, it's not devil's advocate, so to speak, but <clears throat> it was about your salvation, right? And it being true and being able to, another man being able to judge another man's heart. And in that, it was uh, Judas. And they were talking about how Judas knew the Bible. Mm-hmm. Satan knows the Bible. <clears throat> and he believed, he knew Jesus was the son of God, mm-hmm. performed miracles mm-hmm. in his name, cast out demons, went to hell. And it was not because he didn't do any of those things. He did all those things, but it's because he loved money. He loved perfume. At the end of the day, he got angry that, was it Mary, poured perfume mm-hmm. on Jesus's feet. 
Mm-hmm. So he valued money. Obviously, he <laughs> sold Jesus out over God. I, you know, I, th- I really think that for Judas, it really, it really was a heart thing because I think, and deep down in the in the heart of Judas was a very uh, almost zealot like. Um, I almost see him as like a zealot. He was super zealous for power the kind of power that a messiah a ruling and reigning messiah would bring to the world and i think he was trying to hop on the coattails and when jesus started talking about dying and jesus started talking about you know going to the father and he's like wait 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 you know like this isn't lining up with this whole you know messiah that we've been waiting on you know like you're supposed to come as a conquering king not as a suffering servant. And I think for Judas, it was like, well, if I'm not going to get any power, I'm going to have to go out and die for this. Uh, I'm out. Peace. You Mm -hmm. know, like I'll sell you out because, you know, I'm looking for power here now. And I I think it was money. Yeah, money. But I think it was his heart. He didn't want God at the end of the day. Mm -hmm. No, that's a good point. That's that's it. That's it. When it it all shakes out. This very moment. Well, right? I mean, I, now to flip the other side of the coin, which is Jesus said, you adulterous people, we're all adulterers and we all choose every day sin over him in some way, mm-hmm. you know? Well, I think, I think that for me, I can sin and know <clears throat> if I'm like, um, I know that if I, if, if, if I was, it, it was an act of my will. Okay. Uh, but you experience something, people experience something. If they're indwelt with the Holy Spirit, if they're saved, if their heart is for Christ and they sin, we all sin willfully, we experience guilt. Mm-hmm. Correct. We, the Holy Spirit testifies to us and we feel bad. We don't like where we're at. We don't like what we just did versus someone who is opposed to God, blasphemous. They don't feel guilt. Mm-hmm. They don't feel anything but joy they they revel in what they've done and move on but there's yeah no I, i've met, I've met a lot there. of people that didn't <clears throat> that didn't know god that still still i mean i do feel like you have a conscience you know like yeah. you have a conscience that tells you hey you know, i'm not supposed to i'm not supposed to treat another human like that or an animal or i'm not supposed to do this or that and you have a decency yeah but where does that you. come from uh well, I feel I feel like it does come from God, but yeah, you know, um, I think that conscience. people can like people can get to a point where sin is uh, you can do it just un, uninhibited by guilt because I mean, I, you've hardened your they, heart. They I, I know believers that or non-believers that say, "Well, but I'm morally, I'm a good person. I'm a good person," and you know. Uh, like I have a good friend, Casey, that doesn't believe in Christ and, you know, I've known him for uh, 20 years and uh, he's a, a quote unquote good person, right? He's yeah. a stand up guy. He's a stand up country boy that, you know, that uh, he, he's, he's just a, he's just a good guy. But yeah. in, in, when I talk to him about Christ, you know, he's just like, look, I'm, I'm a good guy. Like, you know, um, you know, uh, um, and yet you're telling me that I'm going to go to hell, you know, and, mm-hmm. and, um, 
you know, I got a tough conversation. I mean, you know, it's, it's, it's like, I I tell them we're all sinners. There is no morally good. No one does good in the eyes of God. Mm -hmm. And, uh, so when I, you know, when you make the example of like someone who just, um, who has a conscious and, Mm -hmm. uh, does something and they feel bad about it, I feel like that's, that's just cause you don't have the heart for the Lord. Yeah, it's you're, still a thing. You're like, in opposition. People to him love their kids. Way. You know yeah. what I mean? Like yeah. people without God still love their kids and yeah. want to do right for them. And yeah, uh, so I've always struggled with that too. But I've always wondered, like, all right, so you're a good person and you just don't see the need for God. Well, and so this, so this is my struggle. Is like I feel like God has placed on every man's heart the desire to know Him. I don't think and so. I, I, I think so. I mean, biblically where there's a need for him, but a desire, a desire mm. to pursue him or to want to know him or mm-hmm. to, 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 to the inquisitive mind to, to, to know. And they, they yet do. there are people who choose to not. You're right. So actually in opposition of that. Romans one, I think it's one or two. They talk about, um, there were a few things. The conscience is one. So the first is nature testifies and shows us the glory. These are all the things that actually condemn us. We're all deserving of sin. And here is why one, you live on this earth. The fact that you can look at Mount St. Helen or whatever, or the stars and say, there's no God that's condemning. Number one, the fact that you think that aliens or whatever, or a big bang created this deserving of hell to your conscience you know people know when they do wrong that's god's I, I forgot how the verse goes but it talks about his morality being placed on our heart we're sinning against god saved or not you know what you do is this is where morals come from so yeah i i wouldn't yeah. necessarily go as far as to say i desire salvation or god like a normal human just anyone would but we all know what's right and wrong written in our hearts to kill another person you know it's wrong and right. that's and that's God testifying. And then the other one I forgot. Just, you're born into it. You're born into sin. We all deserve hell. And God chooses and selects who He will to be saved. Think about this. Um, first commandment is love God. Right. Take no other gods before me. Right. Right. Very first. And know. then the commandment from Jesus: love your God, love your neighbor as yourself. Right. Yep. Ultimately, it all comes with love of God. And then all the other commandments come in because adherence to his commandments, the rest of his commandments is an adherence to the love of God. So to say you're a good person, you don't check off these other boxes over here, but you have no love for the Lord, no love for God, your source of creation. The reason why you even obey these commands in the first place and you have no relation to them is a very sin of itself. The source of your morality. What is that? Yeah. There's a Jewish word for that. Mm. And I'm blanking on what it is. It, but to love God, above all, there are these two commandments. Love the Lord God with all your heart, mind, and soul. That is called something. Mm. Dang it. I don't I know what know it this. is. And then the, oh, the Shema. Shema. The Shema. That's the Shema. The second is love your neighbor as yourself. The first is, or the second is fulfilled by the first. If you love God with all your heart. And all, default, the, all the law, others. really all the law are summed up in those two, right? Right. I mean, exactly. you can't, you can't break any of the other laws if you're obeying those first two. Right. Mm-hmm. Love God, love others. But, uh, yeah, it, 
You get those are good points. Mm. I, I reminds me of the Hebrew uh, shat himself. <laughs> I haven't which, heard this one, which means um, <laughs> he pooped his pants. <laughs> wow, <laughs> I didn't read that. I'm one. really uh, well versed in Hebrew. This <laughs> is a theologian of theologians. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's uh, my oh man. Well, she doesn't listen to this. I think of my sister often, and uh, it's funny. Because I don't know, we were talking about it in residency and it was uh, talking, we were talking about how there are people like your friend Casey who go out and should he have been there at the golf course, maybe he would have been a more stand up guy, right? But there are Christians that Probably. act more moral, or excuse me, there are non Christians, people that are not saved that can act more morally, more moral mm-hmm. than Christians. And this is like number one cause of atheism, too, is Christians that say what we're saying, doing saying what we're saying on a podcast and then walk out and Hypocrisy. deny it by lifestyle. Right. Mm-hmm. It, I mean, saved, you would have guilt and you're constantly being sanctified to look more like Christ. And there is like, I, I do agree just because you know, now you're saved. It doesn't give you a license to sin, you know, or live licentiously where you just do whatever you want. Do it that well. Not, not, not only that, if you were truly saved and had a love of God, why would you want to do that? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I mean, even someone as holy as, say, uh, Paul, as much as everyone likes to, even he laments over his constant need to think back, come back and acknowledge his sin and that he's trapped basically in this sinful body of his that is just always doing so. It doesn't give more details than that, but it's just the acknowledgement. Mm-hmm. Uh, the thorn in his side. Yeah. The, just the, yeah, the acknowledgement and uh, humbling of oneself into realizing that you, you and your very existence is deserving of punishment mm-hmm. and you blame whatever you want, right? Blame whatever you want on oh, my upbringing or I just never learned this stuff or it's just not important to me, like whatever. But in the end, you're falling short. We're all deserving of hell. That mm-hmm. I that was the uh, interesting thing that was brought up was how could, I, I think there's some gray area here for the record, but how could a pygmy in Africa that's never heard the gospel go to hell? Born on an island, die and that was the uh romans mm-hmm. one or two i don't believe that that he would go to hell yeah which part wait which part do you not believe i i don't believe that if you uh lived your life never hearing of jesus right that you would go to hell i don't believe in predestination it's, either. it's enough to condemn not that god would do it it may yeah, not I be mean, in line with are, his character we are all in need of a redeemer and a savior and I do believe that um, God's a, he knows your heart. Like we talked about it. Right. Like uh, I do believe that the way we live with our intention, right. With the intents of the heart. um, I believe that that's reflective of our DNA could be our, our blood. Our very blood testifies that of, of what our intents are and, and how we've operated. Have we lived selflessly? Have we, do we love God? Do we do things for him? Do we make mistakes? Of course, that's all recorded too. But um, the the point is, is that, you know, God is, uh, God is just. So, you know, 
did he live for the God that created his world? Mm-hmm. Having, right. you know, and, and I personally believe that the story of Christ, the story of the Savior and the redemption and the reconciliation that he made for humanity to God the Father is a story that can even be played out in nature. And I think that, you know, it could be possible that without having ever needed or hearing the word, the actual word of the gospel, he heard it spoken I, to him. I, I totally agree with you. I, I'm not saying that the pygmy in Africa that lived like an animal, never yeah, heard the gospel. Thanks for finding the point zero 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 one percent possible. These people, I mean, there are people like that. I'm bringing up like uh, an argument that would be brought up like, what about yeah. this person then, right? Yeah, right. Or, yeah, I mean, those are always the arguments. These, or or these baby, baby or Helen Keller. Yeah. yeah. Like, I mean, do I believe that they are in hell? One, I don't believe that's in line with the character of God. No, I do not believe they're in hell. Do I believe they deserve hell? Yes, we all do. Um, and I, I believe that that's not in line with God's character, but they deserve it. Mm-hmm. I do believe God is so gracious that not only them, but King Solomon and or Saul and yeah. people, Hitler, that we would say never in a million years would they deserve to be in heaven. I hope that they are. That just shows how much grace God has. God will create people for with purpose, right? He yeah. raise up rulers uh, to yeah. you know show his people um, to to bring them back to him. And so, yeah, uh, I mean, I, he he raises up the nations. I I uh, I do struggle though. I I've been on the struggle bus a long time with a lot of you know Christianity you know, and, and claiming this, that there is this, this predestination and the understanding of what we have of it as it is written in the word, because, uh, on its face, it's like pretty clear that, you know, there, there seems to be some that are born chosen and some that are not. You know, elect is that what you're it, elect? To? Yeah, but I I believe there's a different meaning behind that. I don't believe that it reads as it as as clearly as it's put. Um, but it's another one of those things where I'm like, I'm just gonna, I'm just gonna um, wait for that revelation to come through. And you know, because I do believe that there are other Bible verses that seem to say something completely different, like you know, John three sixteen, right? Like, I mean, John three sixteen yes. is everyone, yes. right? Yeah, but, but the, I guess the point I, I I get the takeaway that I take away from it is that um, I don't need to worry about their salvation as much as I need to worry about uh, my salvation with my heart toward the Lord and and to produce good works and good fruit, you know that that represents who you know, who I am in Christ and sure I'll share the the word with anyone, but I don't have to be responsible or take part in their salvation. You know what I'm saying? I, yeah, I, yeah, yeah. I, I hope I, I you hope certainly, I'm, a, I'm a catalyst, are, but yeah, I'm yeah. not, I'm not the one at the end of the day that they have to face catalyst. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No. So, I mean, man. I can't get real wrapped up in the pygmies or, you know, these, these, if somebody's saved or not, because ultimately 
only that person and God at the end of the day are going to know. Now, do I hold back and do I, you know, of course I need it to preach the gospel, go out yeah. and make disciples and, um, you know, share the word, share the good news. But, um, you know, it's whether they're saved or not, I mean, it's like, it's not really not hard. Yeah. No one, I don't no one knows yeah. who is written in the Lamb's yeah. book of life. One, right? one thing that you have to, you do have to work, you do have to think about though is, is is your belief system creating a heart of Christ or not? Because I've seen a lot of people that have no zero concern for their fellow man because they believe they're either chosen or not. Okay, I see what you're saying. Okay, so like that, we know that there's a flaw in the mindset of 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 that theology because it's not of Christ. Christ loved everyone, and He went to everyone, and. So, you know, like, I'm just saying there's a missing piece. I don't know what it is. And, um, you know, uh, I think that I've heard of, I've heard of stories where literally people have grown up in the church reading that passage and feeling like I'm not chosen. So here's the other thing is like, you could look at somebody who's done horrific things, right? Jeffrey Dahmer. Sure. (laughs) Jeffrey Dahmer and say, the guy's going to hell. Is there a possibility that they repent? They he they did. they pull he did. a Paul. He did repent. Yeah. Well, thank you. I didn't even know that. Yeah. And pull pull Paul and and change course yeah. and uh, find God and yeah. and go to you know what I mean. So it's like you you can't write anybody off anyway. No. Mm-hmm. I mean, look mm-hmm. at Legion, right? Legion has been in prison, shackled, locked up. They can't. They can't. I don't know who Legion is. Legion, Crazy Larry. Crazy. Oh yeah. Okay. Right? Thank you. Yeah, Crazy Larry. <laughs> I wish the Bible actually gave gave out his real name I because I think he he deserves yeah. that. But like you know, here we got a guy that's that's insane who knows what he's done. You know, he who knows possessed. He was completely possessed by, by a Legion, legion of demons. Right. But yeah. but uh, you know the townspeople you know couldn't couldn't do him, couldn't get rid of him, and uh, you know you Chris know, called me Crazy Larry. Really? Yeah. How messed up is that? Is that a Dang. Is that a compliment? What is that? No, that's not a compliment. <laughs> and he meant it from his heart. Chris, what? Oh my Oh yeah. That's oh my a gosh. Yeah. If he hears this, I would have. I would have called him a whitewashed tomb. <laughs> whitewashed. He said, "That's not. It's a long story." All right. Okay. Yeah. My bad. Can yeah. continue. I didn't mean to interrupt. No, no. I was pretty much done. But you know, like I'm sure that 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 crazy Larry uh, Legion. Yeah. dude was probably a lot like Dahmer. He was probably sick and twisted and, um, you know, look at what happened. You know, he, it, he went into the Decapolis, you know, mm-hmm. evangelizing, um, about what Jesus had done for him. And, you know, we'll probably find out, you know, what, what sort of impact that was, but, mm-hmm. you know, yeah. I mean, even Jesus acknowledged the, the thief on the cross next to him. Right. That's right. Mm-hmm. In this bitter moment, right? Zero like, Bible knowledge. Yeah, zero. Yeah, zero knowledge of Christ. It probably knew of a Messiah coming, right? And I think that's another thing is that in his desperation, and I think this is where a lot of people don't acknowledge too much. Like this is where the heart changes the most, and that is in your in your last moments when you're staring like death, right? You think of how many times you've heard of stories of people coming to Christ, mm-hmm. opening their entire heart. I don't have more than a few moments to live, right? 
And then their heart just completely is just like, I'm done living for this world. And in this moment, there's only, it's just between me and this afterlife. Who is in this afterlife? Is it you, God? And that crying out, that crying Mm -hmm. out in those moments is the acknowledgement that is needed for Christ to come in and say, yes, it is I, and I wash you in this, in this blood. And just like with this, with the sinner next to Jesus, he said, remember me in your kingdom. And he's like, surely I say to you, right? You will join me. You will join me in paradise. Today you will be in paradise with me. Exactly. You will be in paradise with me. And I mean, no works. No baptism. No works, no baptism, nothing. Except for a proclamation in his weariness. It's a heart change. Complete. Yeah. Or an acknowledgement change. even. Yeah. So there's there's this connection with the death and there's a, the physical death of one's body that brings them to Christ. It's also the actual acknowledgement that you yourself, the very way that you are at this very moment, needs to die. Mm. Right? Yeah. Everything about, yeah. like, every sinful thing that you've done or think about doing, everything that drives you. If it's not for Christ, it's not for God. It's like you're Romans still 8, living right there. Yeah, I you're mean, still living yeah, in this yeah. sin. How can you live in this sin? Right? How can you die? Right? Die and get the new, be washed in the blood of Christ, and continue to live in that sin. What is that? Mm-hmm. Romans? You said eight. Yeah. I mean, I feel yeah. like that's what what I was reading earlier. It's like, um, you know, Paul is just going over it. We should just like one day we should just open the word read a chapter and go all right let's talk and uh because there's a lot of wisdom here mm. a lot of wisdom yeah that'd be good that sounds good. like a good uh good awesome. answer yeah. 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 yes nice yeah. mic drop Michael. yeah yeah <laughs> i was gonna yell you better right. you better teach us <laughs> <laughs> for next right, time guys man. thank you so much for joining us on the stoke podcast right. see you guys Later. see you